Welcome back to Hit the Court. This is the Breaking Point series. My name is Josh Chan, and I was a former National Junior Tennis player, former member of the Harvard Men's Tennis Team, and current coach to competitive junior players. Uh, today's topic is the truth about college tennis. And you're probably wondering, Josh, what do you mean the truth about college tennis? Is there like some dark, deep secret? No, no, there's no dark, deep secret behind college tennis, but there are some things that are not usually discussed that people tend to find out after the fact, after they've gotten into college and parents find out after the fact. Uh, and so I just wanted to shed some light on that today. And the first thing I want to talk about, it's and this is actually almost a mathematical thought, okay? Uh, think about it this way. College coaches don't have time for everyone. It's not their fault, okay? It's just the way the teams are built. Uh, if you think about it, right, there are usually a head coach, assistant coach, and if you're lucky, a volunteer assistant coach. And that's three people. Usually, the team has around anywhere between uh, 10 to 15 kids. I have just, it's a wide range there. 10 is usually on the, on the smaller sides, you know, smaller side for a team and 15 is, you know, usually on the larger side. So 10, anywhere between 10 to 15 kids. And then you got potentially three coaches if you're lucky. Uh, now when I was playing, we had a head coach and a, uh, an assistant coach and we had a volunteer assistant coach who came around every once in a while. So it really was two coaches to, say, uh, I think, you know, each year we had around somewhere between, uh, you know, 11 to 12 kids. That's not a whole lot of time in terms of how much they can spend with you. I mean, between classes in the morning and maybe even classes in the evening and then sandwiching physical, you know, physical conditioning, strength and conditioning in the middle of the day, along with a three hour practice, uh, as well, there's really not a whole lot of time for the coaches to work with you one-on-one. So a lot of kids go into college tennis thinking, oh, this coach is so great. They're going to take me to the next level, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to work and see myself working with them. And yeah, and the reality is, yes, you can find ways to schedule private lessons with the coaches and work with them one-on-one. But all intents and purposes, they, the college coaches are not there to necessarily grow you fundamentally. I do know some coaches who do that. There are some programs where they actually like to build kids uh, with a lot of raw potential who may not be as well refined, and they try to turn them into something by the time that player is a junior or senior, and that's okay. Um, those programs are, are, are great, and the coach has a very, you know, that's their own distinct style. Uh, but I can almost guarantee you that they're also recruiting players that are ready to go. You know, players who have maybe played uh, junior Grand Slams, ITF tournaments, maybe even some, especially in the modern day, uh, a couple of futures tournaments, professional level tournaments, right? These kids are ready to go. Uh, at the end of the day, the coaches, they need to win, right? They need to keep their program going. So in order to do that, they have to win. They need players that are ready to go as well. Uh, so that's one thing that some people don't understand is that coaches don't actually have that much time for players. They manage the practice sessions, they manage the player schedules. Uh, but you know, outside of that realm, it's not a guarantee. Okay. Same thing is you practice with your team. Right? And this actually goes back to my previous podcast about not being too picky about who you practice with. And the reason why I'm so adamant about that is because when you go to play in college tennis, you practice with your team. And there's only one person who is the number one player, and there's only one person who's the number two, three, four, all the way down to six. Right, In terms of the t- starting lineup, you have six singles and you have three doubles teams. So when you practice, right, if your coach tells you, hey, practice with so-and-so, 
That's who you're going to practice with. You can complain all you want, but you're just actually making a worst case for yourself, right? The coach has all these kids to worry about, and then suddenly you come along and you're complaining about who you're practicing with. That's not going to bode well for you, okay? Like I said, the team's got maybe, you know, anywhere between 10 to 15 kids who are, and, and only six are playing singles, and then there's, you know, three doubles team and usually usually the singles players actually play doubles as well i mean there's some rare cases where they don't but usually they play doubles as well so that means there's like five other kids who would love to have your spot who are eager who would say a word to the coach because they're just going to keep their head down and work hard and practice with whoever the coach says they want them to practice with and so you're going to have to get good at working on your game with while you're playing with people on your team and you're not going to have inner practices with other local colleges. Harvard didn't have, you know, inner practices with Boston University, with Tufts University, with MIT, with uh, Boston College, right? I mean, we, we, no, you just, you practice with your team. And, you know, that's why so many of these top programs are, are so, are, they're, they're so great, not because they've got great players, but just when the players practice with each other, right, they, they, they try to have high-quality practices with whoever they practice with. Um, again, I'm not speaking on behalf of all universities. I'm not saying this is true amongst all universities, but generally speaking, you are going to practice with your teammates. Okay, next item. Top program, top expectations. Look, if you go to a top 20 program, consistently a school that's top 20 in the nation, top 20, you know, you're going to have coaches that have top expectations about you. They are going to have this mindset that you are coming in, we are recruiting you and you're coming in and the expectation is that you're going to conduct yourself at a top level and anything short of that. And you're going to get called out. I mean, just the, they're going to break it down to the little things. I mean, are you prepared? Are you showing up on time? And you're probably thinking, oh, wow, you know, this sounds like grade school stuff. But you know what? That's the reality. They will call you out if you're a minute late. They will call you out if you're the last one out of the locker. They will call you out if you're showing up not prepared. And they will call you out if you're not taking care of yourself. And there, there are, there's plenty of cases where, where kids failed on these fronts and were asked to leave the team and just didn't survive. So if you are aiming for a top program, then you better bring a very elite mindset. And you better show these coaches that you are bringing that elite mindset to match their expectations. Otherwise, there's no, point, there's no conversation to be had. They don't want to waste time. They don't want. They don't want to sit down with you and say, "Oh, hey, this is how you actually need to be behaving." This is actually how. No, it's a waste of time. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes they'll have to do it, right? If they see that things are slipping a little too far. But for the most part, they're not going to hold your hand and say, "Hey, this is the step by step on how to be an elite player." No, most of the time they're going to expect you to already have this have this down. It's the stuff that you do off the court that sometimes actually matters the most to these coaches, because that ultimately reflects how you're going to be on the court. And so that's something that you have to have to consider and think about whenever, you know, when it comes to college tennis. Uh, the next item, injuries, 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 injuries. You are playing every single day, year round. There is no off season for tennis, really. Like it's not like football where it's in the fall. Um, no, 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 not like that. This is a, in the fall, 
you got, you know, if you're on the college team, you are playing individual tournaments. In the spring, you are playing team events, right? And then in the summertime, the expectation is you're going to be out training and playing uh, either college tournaments or trying to, you know, play a couple professional events. Uh, the, but the idea is that you are constantly going and you got to find little pockets of maybe a week or two, maybe during December, there's a week where you take off, maybe during the summer, like the first week of June, you take a week off, you know, maybe, you know, provided, maybe, I don't know, maybe you made the NCAAs, congratulations, right? And you're playing in the NCAAs. Okay, you're not taking the week off there. But the point is, you got to find little times to take some time off. And what eventually what this leads to is injuries, right? You're playing so much that you're, you're the number of, of players who go through college tennis with some sort of injury. It, I can't, I can't actually think of a friend who played college tennis and didn't get hurt uh, at, at one point or another. And, and being able to manage those injuries, being able to manage yourself, the best of your ability, it's just so, so important. Uh, I mean, even now that I think about it, I think there's maybe only one person I can think of who who didn't seriously hurt himself uh, playing college tennis, and that was my doubles partner. And he was so strict. He was so strict with his routine. He stretched way more than any guy that I've ever seen stretch in my life. He did so many extra workouts to keep his body in tip-top shape. His diet was... Uh, you know, at that time, I mean, even now his diet was impeccable. I still think it was impeccable. I mean, I, 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 I've spoken to him since recently. He said that back then his diet wasn't even on point. I, I don't know. The guy looked really healthy to me, but the point is, you know, that's the level and that's what it will have to take for you to be able to keep yourself healthy. And it's, again, can't stress this enough. You play college tennis you are subjecting yourself to a tremendous amount of physical abuse, whether you're in the gym, whether you're traveling, whether you're on the court competing. We're not playing on clay courts in college tennis. You're playing on hard courts, indoor courts, you know, hard out- outdoor court. It is brutal on the, on the body, okay? And so injuries is something that, that isn't usually widely talked about when you go into college tennis, but it is rampant throughout the whole college scene. The last item that I just want to kind of circle back to, and I sort of already briefly talked about it, but there's actually not a whole lot of coaching going on in college tennis. Again, the ratio, the math the math behind it, it doesn't fit. There's not a, a whole lot of time for these coaches to work one-on-one with you. And so you've got to be your own coach. You have to set the standard for yourself. And this actually goes, again, goes back to some of my previous podcasts of why it's so important that the off-court work ethic is so important. What time are you waking up every morning? What time, like, how are you, are you, are you studying videos? Uh, what time are you going to bed, right? And so, you know, I want to go back to some of the, uh, some of the items that you need to be rock solid on and, 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 and that's, that's your work ethic, your off-court work ethic, your maturity level. How do you approach things? Are you still throwing hissy fits over not getting something your way? Or are you actually processing and learning, right? What's your level of commitment? Are you actually showing up every single day energized, enthusiastic? Or are you, you know, emotionally up and down, right? Where's the creativity? Are you just stuck thinking to yourself, I'm only going to do what the coaches say? Or are you thinking about, you know what, let me try exploring outside the realms of possibility. Let me learn. Let me absorb as much as I can. And what is your off-court discipline? 
right? Are you wake, like again, are you waking up at 8 a.m. every morning even though you don't have to? Are you making sure that you're, you've got the appropriate diet every single day in college? There's no mom and dad to sit by your side and get you your meals. There's no, you're right? There's no coach who's going to tell you like, hey, you know, by the way, you shouldn't be eating that, right? Like you, after you're done with practice, you go to the dining hall, it's on you to pick out what you want to eat. That's that, right? So if you choose the hamburger, you get a hamburger result. And if you choose the broccolini with the salmon, right, you'll get a broccolini salmon result, which again, means healthier. So anyways, thanks so much for listening. I uh, hope you really enjoyed this episode of Hit the Core Breaking Point. If you really enjoy it, please recommend it to a friend, share it, like it, subscribe. Uh, anyways, my name is Josh, and I hope to see you on the next episode.